Welcome to the Rise Up Network. I'm your host, James Carmody. The Rise Up Network is committed to sharing those stories of America's servant leaders, those men and women that are out there in the communities, in the neighborhoods, making a difference day in, day out. Um, you know that we have had this network and this show for five years. We've had over 250 servant leaders, guests, and this network is thriving. And now during these pandemic times, you know, we are committed to continuing to bring stories and examples of other men and women that are making a difference out there. Here's the bottom line. You're listening this, you're watching this, you can too. That idea that you have, take action on it. You know, that nonprofit that you want to support, your church, your mosque, your synagogue, whatever it is that's on your heart, that cause, they need your help. They need your support. You know, it's time to rise up, time to get involved, time to roll up your sleeves. So we have a fantastic episode in store for you today. Uh, this guest is actually a personal friend of mine, someone that I admire and look up to and respect. Um, they are a financial planner. They're in the financial services industry. Um, they also have a background in service. And one of the things that, interestingly, we're all in San Diego, is a little unique. He's a native. You know, Me being a transplant from Cape Cod, it seems like there's a lot of transplants in this town. Um, but without further ado, Robert Patterson, from RJ Patterson Group. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for being here. We've been yeah. talking about it for a while. Yeah, we, we have. We've been talking about it for a while and you know, glad we were able to kind of get the, the calendar and the stars to align Absolutely. And, uh, and get you on here. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, we're, we're going to unpack and talk about your approach to financial planning. And I know you're a big believer in education and teaching folks. I think- yeah. You know, the financial services industry as a whole can get a little bit of a bad rap in that there's a there can be a mystery from the consumer standpoint, like, oh, man, like, how do these guys get paid? And what am I really investing in? And what questions do I ask? And I know that, like, that couldn't be further from the truth for you, which is one of the things that I love about you. And we're going to talk about that. But before we get in to that piece, I really want to talk about your background a little bit. You know, I know you born and raised in San Diego, um, San Diego State alumni. Share with us a little bit about, you know, your journey, kind of your path. Just a correction. I was born in Alaska, raised in Los Angeles, and then moved to San Diego. So Fun fact. it's the West Coast. So. You're the second person I know in my life of 41 years that's from Alaska. There you go. Wasn't there long. There yeah. He's awesome too. So, But, but wow. Southern California is uh, where I've been for, for my whole life. And, um, and I think it really weighs into or kind of creates who I've become as a consultant, advisor, educator, coach, uh, and mentor. Um, I think that I learned a lot and really um, changed how I would look at this industry. So uh, while going to school at San Diego State, I was selling furniture and had purchased this retail furniture store where we had uh, a booth at the swap meet and we also had a location in in Chula Vista and our, our mantra was drive south and save and I was a small business owner in my 20s and I made wow so 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 you were working full-time while going to school full-time yeah yeah and I you know and I want to highlight that because I think that's really special to, you know most kids don't do that no nope. nothing no and I think um you know, when you're when you're younger, I was I was looking for information. I was looking for mentors. I was looking to learn, 
And in my industry at the time, meaning the financial services industry, when you would come to someone and say, hey, can you help me, advise me, how should I, how should I invest? They would say, you know, come back when you have a million dollars. And I would say to them, well, I, I'd love to be at a million dollars, but I need to start here. So it was ridiculous on uh, how you really couldn't get good information, good advice, good guidance without somebody selling you something. So I think mm. that that's what I really bring to my company where I'm the fiduciary. And I, my whole goal is my client's interest first. I want to help my clients make the best decisions possible based upon where they are, what they want to do. Um, and I think it's, um, you know, started from that point when I had the business and then I made plenty of mistakes. I wish I would have had purchased property in my twenties because business had been good, but I did not know how to do that. So I think it's a real passion of mine to really be there to really listen and really understand what a client wants to have happen and then really become that impetus or that drive for them to get to that point. You know, it could be first time home buyers, could be people that want to buy duplexes or apartment buildings, or they want to invest, right? Any, any of those things that kind of relates to someone's, um, well, we have a, I have the, the, the concept of ascent to prosperity. I say it's similar to ascending Everest. You know, it's challenging, it's difficult. You have to learn along the way. You have to really understand the weather and everything that's going on. So I think that that's a really great you know, metaphor for what people do when they're trying to grow their wealth, because it's not easy. You can't do it alone. And it really takes uh, good quality people to help you get to the top. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, it, and it takes time. It does. Um, so let's back up a sec. So, you know, you're going to school at San Diego State. Yeah. And were you, were you an employee at a furniture store first? Or did you just get this idea like, I'm going to start a furniture company? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I was waiting tables at the boathouse on Harbor Island. The boathouse. Okay. Right. And uh, a friend of mine that was working there as well, I asked him, what are you doing on Saturday? And he says, well, I work at the swap meet and I sell and deliver furniture. That's what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, we need somebody to help out. And, you know, you're open, come on over. So we started doing that. And within a few months, the, the guy that had the booth said, hey, you want to buy this? He had a furniture factory down in, down by the border and he would, you know, build the furniture. And so we bought his basically it was a giant yellow tent and yeah. all of the components and we would on Saturday morning drive there unload the set up the tent unload the furniture sell it then deliver it and then do it again on Sunday that became a rather arduous job so we said wouldn't it be easier if we just had one location so that's when we started looking for a, a store down in Chula Vista and the owner that had it it said you know you just buy it from me for five thousand dollars and buy my furniture for two years and, you know, that's how it started. That's incredible. Yeah. You know, I love the entrepreneurial spirit sure, as, a, you know, as a young man. Most people that age are chasing girls or partying. Are you certainly not worried about, you know, starting a company? Yeah. What were, what were some of the lessons that you learned, you know, one, starting a business, but two, the furniture business? I think that, you know, waiting tables, it was all retail, right? So I, I knew how yeah. to do that. I knew how to talk to people, but I really didn't really understand what was the backside of running a business? You know, hmm. how, I mean, in, in the furniture business, how much inventory do you buy? You know, how, what price did you pay? You know, what's your markup? I, I learned all of those things, you know, by doing it. In fact, I had 
eventually had taken a couple courses in at SDSU on business, one of which was retail management, which was great because I was actually working in retail, taking a course at San Diego State, and, it, and then really began to understand. So it's just that, you know, having that education that's pertinent to what you want to learn. Man, that is, that is gold. You know, oh, it was great. Like, I mean, you're in the class, you're in college, you're learning, but then Saturday, like you're applying it in real life, in real Absolutely. time. Yeah. Well, that, that's what's a great thing about good advice. You know, it, it's, it works right out of the gate. You know, you think about, you know, when we, in our industries now today, give advice all the time. And when we give that advice and the, and the client says that, that works, that's great. You know, that's what just makes it all worthwhile. Who are some of the mentors that you've had along the way? You know, people that have kind of guided you and, and, and you know, really had an impact on you. I mean, I mean, you talk about the furniture business, you know, that I had taken a trip to High Point, North Carolina, and, um, and I sat on a plane with uh, Mr. Belinsky, who started Arnold's Furniture uh, way back in the, you know, whatever, like 50s, 60s, 70s. And I actually happened to sit next to him. And, you know, what, a, what an incredible opportunity to, to talk to kind of the father of furniture in San Diego. And we just chatted for five hours on the way home. Wow, you're just and, taking uh, notes, picking his brain. Oh, man, it was like, how did this happen? But so there was a guy that um, was a businessman. You could go back to that part. You know, yeah, if you're, if you're selling furniture on the floor, that's just one aspect of it. In fact, I knew how to do that. But it was mm-hmm. all the other aspects of running a business that um, you don't know anything about that you really have to learn that he really opened my eyes to the other 80% that's going on to run a business. You know, 20% is the front office and then there's 80% then the backside that goes on. So what I did realize is that, you know, when you run a business, which I have a lot of clients that run small businesses, I always talk about is you have to, you know, get out of being that practitioner and begin to think like uh, the leader of your company. And it's, it's, you have to be thinking about where the, the, you know, to use the hockey analogy, where the, where the puck's going to be, right. And mm-hmm. begin to develop your brain versus, you know, when you just sit there and take an order or go from table to table or sell a piece of furniture. Yeah, that's important. And you have to be good at that, but there's so much more behind the scenes. So valuable. So valuable. What were, you know, a couple of challenges that you had, you know, along the way where, you know, maybe those pivotal moments were, you know, kind of gut check time, or you really had to think about things. Uh, I mean, I, I, obviously I'm not in the furniture business anymore. And it was probably uh, the early nineties and we had a recession in San Diego and business was hard, you know, I had to lay off employees and really crimp cash flow back. Um, and I came to a decision to have a going out of business sale and close, close that business down, uh, which was you know, not, no easy decision to come to. Yeah. And it's like, I think all of those things that I learned in business have really made me uh, a consultant advisor for my clients today that I think is at a huge advantage. And, you know, so I imagine it was a revenue challenge which oh, kind of began like, all right, we, this isn't sustainable. Nope. You know, and then you have some sleepless nights and you know, whatnot. Walk us through kind of that process and what was, what was the thinking there? Yeah, I think, you know, 
you know, we, and we were at, a, I was at a point where I could look at the numbers and I could see that the, you know, the, the traffic, no matter what we would do from a marketing standpoint, really didn't generate more business. And it was literally that a lot of people in the San Diego area had lost their jobs. And, you know, the, the thing that they're not going to spend money on is remodeling their house and putting new furniture in that. And right. it, is, um, it was exactly like you talked about coming to that point and going, okay, if it doesn't get better by this period of time, then I'm going to need to go to plan B, which we had that going out of business sale, which was incredibly successful. You know, I, uh, you, you know, the retail business, you, you kind of load up and then you run the going out of business sale. So I made hugely success over, a, I think it was a two or three month period, like what I had made in the previous year and a half. It's just wow. the going out of business sale. Right. Uh, in fact, Jerry Navarro had written me a letter who owns Jerome's. He's still going on. He said, hey, I heard you had a great sale. You know, so I was like, oh, great. I never met him before, but it was pretty funny. That he had Thanks for the acknowledgement. Yeah. And I was able to, you know, close everything down successfully and, uh, you know, take care of all that business. And, mm-hmm. you know, then actually I had, to, I had a few classes to finish at San Diego State. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then, so you wind the business down. Did you get into financial planning then at that point or did you have other jobs before? You know, after the furniture, going back to school, graduating, um, I actually, my, my father-in-law, I'd gotten married between that point. He had worked at Merrill Lynch. He said, you'd, you'd make a great, you know, financial consultant. I said, I don't know if I want to do that. Um, and so then I, you know, he had, got me an interview at Merrill Lynch and I started in their training program in, you know, like 1998. Uh, Yeah. So yeah. Then I went through their program, which was great. Um, But it really wasn't a good fit because it was more designed on selling that product of that company. Mm. Fast forward to uh, 2014. um, I can set up my own consultant. It's a, we're fiduciaries. It's a registered investment advisory firm. What that means is everything is open architecture. You know what I pay us. As I tell clients that are coming on board, I say, you're always going to know what you pay us. And we want to make sure that what you pay us is worth the advice you're receiving. Wow. That's, that, that's different. So that's refreshing. Great. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Okay. And so, so now you're independent. Yeah. Okay. Give us just a, a little glimpse, like, what does that look like? What's what's the difference between an independent and someone at Merrill or, or, or some somewhere else? Well, so I was saying before, you know, if you're a registered investment advisory firm and a fiduciary, then it's you 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 have no proprietary products. You're product agnostic. It's what's best for the client, right? Love so that. If, you, if if you work at a a, lo- a firm, there's products that are proprietary that you sell. There's right. quotas to sell it. There's a lot of um, requirements on it. So what what's what I feel is not the best way is that sometimes you may be sold something that doesn't necessarily represent what you should be investing in. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I love that. You know, I mean, as as someone who's in the, the the mortgage lending space, I can't have every product for all clients, Mm-mm. and sometimes some of the best relationships I look at over the years are people that I said. Hey, I'm I'm not the right fit for what you're trying to do. Yeah, you'd be better served with this person. They get a better product for you. Yeah, those people appreciate the transparency and the integrity. Yeah, and I'll give you an example that relates to your business. Is that you know I have clients that 
you know, are going to buy a house and they've got to pull $200,000 out of their investment account. Well, as a fiduciary, we're supporting that process. In fact, we have a program where we help you. It's a home buyer's assessment tool where we actually help first time buyers, husband and wife pick out a property, figure out all the details, learn how to understand a mortgage, learn how to select a real estate a person to help them find that house is find an area, all of those different things. But what I'm saying is that they have to take $200,000 as a down payment to go in this house. Well, if you're an advisor that's, you know, working at a place, they are not so easily going to be uh, happy to let that 200,000 money go. Yeah. Right. So again, it's clients interest first. Wow. In, in, in speak to, the educational piece, you know, I mean, you just mentioned this, this, this uh, home buyer assistance tool. Um, you know, it's clear and apparent to me that you believe in education and teaching mm-hmm. clients. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And I've separated the investment management with what I call the financial advice, financial coaching component. And it's easy. Everybody focuses on the wealth management. What's my performance? And that's a really important part in the whole scheme of what a financial planner, uh, you know, wealth advisor does. But I always say that, you know, it's more important is, is these other pieces, is learning what it means to buy a house for the first time, what it means to be able to understand your mortgage, you know, what's PMI or any of those things that a client needs to really learn about and understand. Because once they have that confidence, then they're able to make better financial decisions for themselves and for their family. So again, it's a, it's a component of education across the board. And I was just sitting with a client and we were looking at his, his legal entities of his companies. And I said, you know what? Why did you set up an LLC over an S-Corp? And they didn't really know. That's because yeah. a lot of people just say, here's what you should do and you do it. And, and I take the reverse of that. You really need to understand the different components and the variables and the choices that are within your financial life. And really that's that education piece. And if we have to bring in an expert, such as a mortgage lender, or an estate planning attorney, we, we do that. We bring to bear whatever we need in order to put that client in the best possible space. Love that. What are, what are some things that, you know, our, our network, our Rise Up Network that is listening to this or watching this, what are some tips and some steps that, you know, you'd like to share that you think people can do to either inform themselves or just be better with their money? I mean, there is, uh, you know, it's develop a process, right? I mean, I think that, you know, when you hire a consultant, advisor, coach, in any ways, you, you need to engage in a process. You know, how long has this person been in business? What experience do they have? You know, in my industry, you can go to the Securities Exchange website and you can check out their background and make sure that there's no negative, you know, stipulations on that. So I think it's really important to, you know, have a process, interview a few different people. Obviously, price is one important piece, but it's not the whole piece of the puzzle. You know, understanding what you can expect from the coaching relationship, what you can expect from the, the management and all of the different components within that, that person's suite of services. Wow. Okay. And, and what, what about our real young folks? You know, are 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 the folks in the network that are you know in their twenties and they're kind of just getting started? I mean, Maybe just some tips and kind of guidance. The, the they are near and dear to my heart for what I told you in that earlier story is that you know if you don't have a million dollars, just go away. So we have something called the Emerging Professional Program, which oh. is designed for people that 
don't even have any investable assets. In fact, you know, you, we want you to get started. So it's a subscription-based model. So you can hire an advisor such as myself to advise you on a month-over-month basis on all the aspects of your financial life. In fact, we use a piece of software. We use it over Zoom. We have regular meetings. We put the questions that the client wants to be educated on. We make recommendations accordingly. And then we actually build out kind of a project. We have a separate project manager that all she does is say, here are all the next steps that we need to be focusing on based upon the priorities that were set forth by the clients. And we collectively, client, my team, work week over week to make sure that we're getting those items done on our checklist. And the software, you can we put it on there and client or we can just check it off the list and say, yeah. great, going on to the next item. That is remarkable. It is. I mean, brother, that is so impressive and so generous. Like, I honestly, someone who's been in business now for over 17 years, I haven't met a financial planner that's doing this. Yeah. No, it's, and we're having a lot of traction on it. And the clients that are in the program are blown away. You know, they just can't believe how effective it is. Yeah. Wow. If, um, You know, where, where can we send our network to get more information about you if they want to learn more or engage with you? What's the best way to find you? I mean, the website is, is great. You can email us through that. There's a lot of information. We'll kind of cover some of those things that we already spoke of. rjpattersongroup.com. Uh, rjpattersongroup.com. Yep. Two T's in Patterson. Two T's in Pat- Patterson. Yep, that's right. And yeah, that's a good place to start. There's some case studies. Uh, If you want additional case studies based upon your situation, uh, we can set up an introductory call, which we go more specifically into how we would engage with the client Mm -hmm. and just give more clarity and clarification on what an engagement would look like for that individual person. Fantastic, brother. Thank you. Welcome. Parting words for our network. Any, Any advice or anything on your heart you would want to leave the network with? You know, um, just look at where you want to go and really think outside the box. You know, a lot of people think through their lives that they're never going to get to a certain place. We'll dispel that and really think about what is you would like to achieve and throw that out there into the universe. And mm. a group of people will help you get there. Love it. Yeah. I, uh, I also believe in that. I think you've got to put it out to the universe God, the universe, whatever it is you believe. And if you can visualize it, it can become a reality. You Absolutely. just got to work for it. Yeah. You know, we do something. Well, Robert, called, yep. We do something called the impossible list, which I'll save that for another list. call. I'll I save like that it. for another call, but it is. That sounds, that sounds like burpees, <laughs> <laughs> but for your money. <laughs> well, hey, brother, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for being so generous with That's your time and your talents. Yeah. Um, you know, thanks for being in the network and, and really appreciate your contribution. Thank you. Perfect. Yeah. Take care. All right, folks. Just heard from Robert Patterson with the RJ Patterson Group. You can engage with him at rjpattersongroup.com. You know that it's unique for me to actually bring on a financial services professional. I think I've only had one other one on in the last five years. And that's because I'm very guarded with who I have on here. But I believe that Robert is really a true gem and that he operates with integrity and he's a teacher. You know, and he, he, I mean, gosh, I wasn't aware that he had these programs available to help people with buying homes in young folks, you know, that don't even necessarily have any investable assets. So I think that just speaks to his character and the kind of professional that he is. So 
Real gem. Thank you for being in the network. Get out there and rise up.